Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. WGN. Lunch hour in the city was fantastic because everybody was outside enjoying the sunshine. Seems to be a little spring in everyone's step. And Tom, I was in my friend's yard this morning and she must have a hundred crocus that are up and blooming. In fact, she's got tulip leaves that are like three inches high. Yeah, you know, Lisa, I've been getting pictures from uh, viewers who have the same thing happening in their yards. It's a testament to how warm we've been. You know, this year has been the sixth warmest to date out of uh, the last 153, going back to 1871. So um, I think the the plants are a little confused by it all, or at least excited enough to start sprouting. So that's pretty cool. Tom Skilling from WGN-TV is with us. Our conversation is sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. And then over the weekend, I went to see Bruce Springsteen in Minnesota, and they quit plowing, wow. Tom. They, they quit plowing. There's no place to put the snow. There are people who live in ramblers or little bungalows where the snow in their front yard is 10 feet high, and yeah. you just got to drive over it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we've had just a little over half our normal snow in this part of the Midwest. But, Lisa, when you look at the uh, snow distribution for the winter, the upper Midwest, and that includes Minnesota, the north woods of Wisconsin, upper Michigan, northern lower Michigan, they've had um, exceptional snows. And I don't know if you remember, you know, back in 78, 79, which is our benchmark heavy snow year, and that was the year of the Jane Byrne, Michael Bolandic blizzard, and many others uh, that year, too. We had nearly 90 inches of snow, and the city had trouble figuring out where to put it all. I remember it was a big pile over by Peterson uh, off the drive, and that thing didn't fully melt until June. So, uh, you know, communities and municipalities have a real problem trying to figure out where to move all this stuff when they get so much snow. And that was back in the day. Tom, I remember snowplowers, they were just dumping it in the lake. And if they had a car part or a whole car, and they just dump it in the lake. Oh, yeah. No question about it. And there are machines that actually try to melt it as they pour the snow into it. But I'll tell you, Lisa, any problems we have in the Midwest are dwarfed by what's going on out in California. I mean, they you've been hearing the reports. There are people literally that haven't gotten out of their homes for 14 days. They've got buildings caving in under the weight of all this snow. And, you know, um, the latest read is they've got another one of these humongous atmospheric river storms on the way. They may have another 60 to 80 inches of snow. That's like 5 to 6.6 additional feet in the Sierra Mountains in uh, California places. So it's amazing. They're saying now that the snowpack out there uh, rivals the heaviest snowpack of any year, which was uh, the one set back in 82-83. And it's interesting, too. You know, we've been hearing about the drought out there and the water shortages. Now, for the first time in three years, only uh, 49% of the state is in the state of drought right now. Uh, What will become an issue now is how whether or not we have an early spring and warm temperatures and keep bringing rain systems in on top of it, because if that stuff starts to melt and we keep raining on it, there's going to be monumental flooding out there. So, And they've already had issues with that. 
So they've, they've got a real precarious situation going on out there. Yeah, if you haven't seen those pictures, jump on Tom Skilling's Facebook page or any of his social media platforms. I saw a video and pictures of a woman who was forced to give birth inside her house she was snowed in there was no getting out and i'm not sure even a couple days later that they had gotten any medical help because it's just impossible when you have that much snow oh yeah it's 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 an absolute mess i i mean they they can't get into some of these places i've got a question to ask you i am hosting a cruise to alaska august 16th through the 23rd with a bunch of wgn listeners we encourage everybody to go to kellycruises.com and and join us but what is the one thing we should definitely do or see while we're in alaska oh gosh you know i did a year's research before my first trip in 1980 lisa nothing prepares you for what you're going to see I mean, there are no pictures in a book or in a catalog or anything like that. It is so big. It's so grand. And any way you look, uh, you become a master photographer if you've got a camera in your hand <laughs> because it's, it's just incredible. The mountains are, are amazing. Uh, the glaciers are stunning. Um, and it's, it really is um, a magic land. There are no two ways about it. I'm really excited, and I know that it must be really special yeah. if that's a place that always draws you back. Well, you know something, Lisa, too? You're going to get a kick out of the length of the day. Now, if you go in August, the longest day will have already occurred. That's June 21st. Uh, but um, the days are still from the vernal equinox, the first day of spring to the first day of autumn, the days at that latitude, way up north like that, are always longer than they are down here. And so you'll get a kick out of how the sky stays relatively bright late into the night, uh, even though, you know, it's 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So uh, you'll you'll get a kick out of that. But on the other hand, you get enough darkness in August that if Northern Lights decide to put in a display, you might get a chance of seeing them. Oh, I would do anything to see those again. That is spectacular. So anybody listening, you want to go to Alaska with us, jump on uh, kellycruises.com or certainly reach out to me. If people are traveling for spring break to Florida, they really need to be aware of the red tide, right? Yeah, you know, this is back again. Uh, That's that uh, group of organisms that flourishes in the water. They think it has to do with one-off from uh, farm fields and nutrients, and they think Hurricane Ian may have uh, produced uh, the situation that's currently unfolding down there. And that's one in which they have high bacterial counts, uh, and this will lead to algae and so forth that can kill birds and fish and uh, ultimately affect humans. I mean, it affects... I put something up on my Facebook page. I'm already hearing from folks in Florida. Apparently, if you have respiratory problems, that becomes an issue. It's not the whole state. It's only the West Coast, and for the moment, it runs essentially from Sarasota uh, north to about Tampa, St. Pete. But they're advising folks be careful and be prepared to wash off, uh, you know, wash yourself off. And uh, I know when it occurred in the late uh, 2010s, uh, people were writing and saying the stench is awful. It's like when we had that alewife kill off here, Uh, you know, die off here. Uh, you get these uh, uh, rotting fish on the beach, and it can be very unpleasant. So I don't know that we're there yet, but um, I was interested to read read reports this is showing up. And I saw on your social media platforms you had a link to beaches, um, let me see, beaches.org? Is that where people should go? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of information out there available. Uh, NOAA, their coastal sciences uh, group, uh, monitors all the beaches, and they have a website, an interactive website, you can go on to, and um, and you'll get a you, you can it'll mark each beach, and you can click on it and get a read on what's going on. Is there discoloration in the water? Are people reporting dead fish? Stuff like that. So um, again, it's NOAA Ocean Services. I, I Google that and put in uh, you know red tide with it. And I'm sure uh, you'll get a link to that. And I put it up on, on Facebook as well. Perfect. Tom Skilling is with us from WGN-TV. We'll get his weather forecast and talk about springing forward this weekend. But first, Mary's got your current conditions and a check on traffic. I just got a text. Said Lisa, I'm going on the Alaska cruise. I'm so excited. Well, I'm excited, too. They went on to say, I'm going early so I can visit the Alaskan Wildlife Conservation Center. It's an amazing place. And that's a cool thing about that Alaskan cruise that I'm hosting. You can tag on, you know, an earlier trip, a later trip, stay longer, do whatever you want. Just call Kelly Cruises. Hey, Tom Skilling is with us. The conversation is brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. And Tom, I got to know, because you know, you're the most beloved meteorologist in this town. We love you. But do people get cranky with you when you're forecasting weather that they don't like? Oh, you know, last Friday, when uh, we missed the snow in the city and north and west, um, I I mean, you would literally think we had committed murder in some people's, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, I have, my favorite line, if I had a dime for everybody who told me I wish I could had a job like yours where you could be wrong every day and keep your job, if I had a dime for every time somebody who thinks that I'm hearing that for the first time said that, I'd be a rich man. <laughs> you know, and it's and most people are quite understanding because we went into that system last week and explained it was an extremely complex forecast and keep up with it because there would be changes, no doubt. But on the other hand, folks in Northwest Indiana and our Southern suburbs got whacked. And yeah, you do hear about that. I, I think by this time of the season too, we're all getting a little tired and ready for one of these gorgeous 70 and 80 degree spells around, around here. They'll be here and soon enough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom Skilling, we we love you. I I hate that people say that type of stuff to you, but I see I see it happen. People want to complain about something, and the weather is always the easiest thing to complain about. And oh yeah, I hate to pressure you, we, but we we could have a late a late week storm again this week, right? Yeah, we've got to watch that. Um, and things coming eastward. Um, it uh, looks like uh, Thursday night, Friday is the period we've got to watch. Uh, this is another one of these ones, uh, Lisa, we're close to the rain-snow demarcation line. In other words, line dividing where it rains in the system and where it snows. The reason that rain-snow line is often cited and so critical is because uh, your biggest accumulations in a system like that occur just north of that dividing line between rain and snow. That was the case last weekend. It'll be the case with this system. Um, this doesn't look like a super storm, but on the other hand, it could be rather messy and un- un- unpleasant. Uh, it is way too early for numbers. You know, I think part of the problem is we have some social media sites that put out these computer accumulation forecasts. There were actually folks who put 20-inch uh, accumulation predictions off a couple of models last week. There was no way we were going to get 20 inches of snow. And that's why releasing this to a population that doesn't know how what to make of these models 
it must be done responsibly. And um, because I, people don't understand, it's used mainly as a guide by the, those of us in the weather profession to get an idea of whether or not the system is something to watch. And that was a formidable storm uh, last week. We had record low barometric pressure readings, flooding downstate, 400 or more severe weather reports. Uh, it was it was something. Uh, this one doesn't look quite that intense, but it looks like it could be messy. And again, I think the Thursday night, Friday period will be one to watch. We'll be able to, as we always say, refine that in the days ahead as we get closer to it and get this thing within range of our higher resolution computer models that help us uh, so well most of the time. You know, it's interesting, Tom, because last Friday when I drove in and actually when I left the studio last Friday night, I made it from my studio to St. Charles, Illinois, in 52 minutes. There was nobody in town because people anticipated a big snow. But you're right. You guys had already corrected and said, hey, no, this is going to be the line between rain and snow. But I think people get it in their head three, four days in advance or they read something on social media and they, they make changes or plan accordingly and then get mad that it doesn't happen. I, I think you're right. And this is why it's so critical that, um, you dismiss these uh, snow accumulation maps that are posted three and four days ahead of time. Study after study has shown they don't they don't work out. And why people put those up, I don't know. Except they want clicks or something. Yeah, um, it's kind of irresponsible. I was amazed at the schools closing at all before yeah. the thing even came in, and I I thought, boy, that's you know. Remember when we were young, <laughs> yeah. Lisa? <I'm, laughs> maybe maybe it, you didn't find this to be the case, but. Boy, to close your school down, you had to have one heck of a storm going. You didn't, you know, close it in anticipation of the system. Um, And never did it look like that storm was going to be of the category uh, or intensity that would, uh, you know, lead to massive uh, uh, school closings and all. But on the other hand, you know, I suppose it's wise to be safe. Uh, and that's the idea of the administrators who do that. So, I, you know, it's easy after the fact to say, why did they do that? But, um, again, when you've got the lives and safety of a bunch of children uh, in your hands. I you know, but still, Tom, it, it was just crazy. The the Rockford schools, the uh, Belvedere schools, the Beloit, Wisconsin schools, it was, it was yeah. they were closing them like 48 hours in advance without even waiting for an update. And with technology today, you could let people know the night before and they could make accommodations, oh, yeah. you know. Absolutely. And, you know, the interesting thing was it was never clear. It was early on with the forecast. It looked like that area would get hit hard. We, you know, it was clear that wasn't going to happen within a couple of days of the storm. It was going to orient itself more south. Um, and uh, yeah. But I, I think you read it absolutely right, Lisa. Absolutely. So this weekend we spring forward. We're going to start seeing a whole yes. bunch of daylight, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, the sun will set, uh, let's see, tonight at 547. Uh, it will set Saturday night before we turn the clocks ahead an hour, Saturday night before we go to bed for most of us. It'll set at 552, and then the next day, the sunset will come at uh, 640 six fifty three. This is the weekend we we dye the river green, Tom. What's the weather going to be like? Well, I'll tell you, it's going to be chilly, but okay. This will be the first weekend in many weekends that we've only had daytime highs in the 30s to around 40. So that's cool by, you know, the standards of, uh, you know, mid-March. But uh, certainly not barbaric. We put up with worse than that. And it looks like there'll be a mix of sun and clouds uh, over the weekend. There may be 
a little disturbance uh, that uh, flirts with us with a little snow flurry action at some point. But, um, I, you know, we've sure seen worse. Doesn't look like there's any big storm on the way beyond this Thursday night, Friday thing. I'm telling you what, we're, we're hardy. And every time I've done that parade, everybody's been geared up. They find that they can put their green on outside of their code, and it's going right. to be a lot of fun. Uh, so for the next couple of days, what's your forecast? Well, uh, we're expecting clouds uh, to flirt with us from time to time tonight and tomorrow. It's gorgeous today, has been. Uh, but a little more cloudiness will come in tonight and tomorrow. It won't be a total overcast. What's going to happen the rest of the work week? The wind's going to blow from the northeast. There's a huge Canadian high pressure that has sprawled across Canada and the whole northern United States. And on the south side of that, you get easterly winds. So they'll be chilly. Uh, but we're talking uh, no precipitation around here until late Thursday night and into Friday. Uh, and that system will have to be watched. Looks like there'll be some wind with that too. Then it turns partly cloudy on on uh, Saturday and partly cloudy to cloudy on Sunday. Maybe a few flurries on Sunday. So uh, Thursday night, Friday, that's the period to watch, Lisa. All right, always nice to talk to you, Tom. Enjoy the sunshine today. You too. Good to talk to you as always, Lisa. You take care. The news is next with Steve Bertrand from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.